welcome to the Strong Towns podcast and happy Leap Day. Uh, Chuck, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, it's, right. it is Leap Day, isn't it? I uh, <laughs> That didn't cross my mind. I actually had a, a, a friend who they got married on Leap Day. And I was thought so that was really cool. So they never get to celebrate their anniversary, though. <laughs> yeah, they actually really sad. Like, we're married like a decade and then got divorced. So uh, oh. it didn't work out anyway. But yeah, in a decade, they only had two anniversaries. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been a little while since we've done this podcast. Um, we should tell everyone about our recent trip to California, perhaps. Yeah. You know, we had the whole housing thing last week, and if you're a podcast listener, you got inundated with some some content on that, which I hope everybody enjoyed. I, I thought it was really good, but yeah, the the week before we did the housing week, we were in California, and Jason and I went out a, a day ahead of you and Yuri, uh, but we were we were going out for a staff retreat. Uh, we all work in different places, and most of us work from home, and so we have pretty low burn rate in terms of office expenses. We kind of are able to use that revenue to have us get together a couple times a year and chat about things and warm uh, south, uh, you know, west coast. We figured all the stars aligned for California. So we went to Los Angeles. Uh, Jason and I did an event uh, with the APA, the American Plant Association chapter there in Los Angeles And then uh, after you guys arrived, we did an event the next night in Pasadena, and then we took a day for our staff retreat. Yeah, it was cool to see the event in Pasadena. It was kind of in, it was in a church, but not in the sanctuary, in like a a meeting room. It was a pretty diverse crowd, I would say. Um, There was a kid who was maybe two years old, and there were definitely some people who were probably in their 60s or 70s. Um, Good you know, we had students, we had people who seemed to be professionals, um, retired folks. So it was, uh, it was interesting. And actually I've never seen the curbside chat, uh, live before. So that was fun. Now I'm like a legit strong towns person. I would say. <laughs> I'm glad that you and Jason and Yuri got to see the enthusiasm and the reaction, because I've been trying to explain this for a while, how, things are changing and the crowds are getting larger and people are becoming more enthusiastic. And we have a a lot of people who are showing up uh, very excited about the message and even more people who leave excited about the message. So it's, it's one of these things where I've, I've tried to explain it for a while and it was really cool just to have you guys there and let you see, (laughs) you know, how that all goes down at a get together like this. Yeah. Um, And then the next day, we just dove full on into staff planning, um, planning for the future, looking back at how well we had done and what we could improve on from the past few months. Yeah, that was a a really long and difficult day. You know, (laughs) I'm I'm sorry that I planned it the way we did, but I mean, stuck in a stuck in a little meeting room for 12 hours, just like laboring away. No, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll actually tell people what we did. Um, this is how I roll, and I thought that this would be good. You know, we we had so many things to talk about and so many things to get through uh, that I knew we we weren't. It wasn't. It was. It was going to be a really long day, and I thought, let's break it up. Let's have some fun. 
So we actually met at about eight o'clock in the morning and walked over to Disneyland and Your got our tickets. Place on Earth. Yep, the happiest place on earth. We got our tickets and went in. Uh, as we were standing in line and as we were walking from one place to another and as we were having lunch, we did Strong Town's work. And my gosh, we got through, I think I had three dozen different topics we had to go through and brainstorm and talk about. And we got through all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also went on uh, Hyperspace Mountain, as I think was your favorite. Uh, might have been my yeah. favorite as well. Uh, we went on, yeah, we went on lots of rides and we just had a really good time. I, standing in line does not uh, is not really a burden when you're actually that's the time you're working. So yeah, and for the uh, first half of the day, there weren't even that bad of lines. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. I was getting a little nervous that we weren't going to get enough done because yeah, at first the lines were really short. We could only get through like one topic per line. I thought, oh my gosh. Uh, but then people started arriving and it started to slow way down and uh, lines got long. And yeah, we started to pound through a whole lot of stuff. So yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was so much fun. Yeah, I really like being able to see you guys face to face every so often. Um, and I feel like we are very productive when we... Uh, get to meet in person and also, you know, get a little social time too. So yeah, 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 it was good. Um, so let's talk about housing week. That was all last week. And for our podcast listeners, um, if you weren't able to visit the website, you might want to go on there because we have a ton of stuff, including, um, several posts from the people who were interviewed on the podcast. So if you want to get dive in a little deeper and learn some more, um, definitely check that out. Um, just go to strongtowns.org slash housing and all of our content from last week is on there. And, and we'll be talking more about housing throughout the year, of course, as well. Such an obscure topic, you know, the, this, this notion of HUD rules and and housing finance uh, requirements, such an obscure topic. And, And I was really kind of gratified at how we were able to take it and really humanize it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Orem Foundation sent us that report in, in December, and I, I read through it and thought, this is, this is fantastic. This is exactly the kind of issue I, I, I want to delve into. And we were able to get it on the calendar and then line up. I mean, you did a, a fantastic job lining up, uh, pe- you know, people to highlight different aspects uh, of this housing policy. Uh, the, the podcast stuff, we had, I think, some really good interviews from from Ian and his kind of crazy story, um, how he tried to try to do this. And there's been a lot of reaction to Ian too, which there always is. You know, uh, one of my friends who's a developer uh, said, you know, Ian doesn't know what he's doing. And <laughs> my response was, well, of course he doesn't. He's not a developer. You know, do we, do we want to make this just like exclusive to that? Someone else uh, got upset with Ian uh, on their their blog and wrote a piece about how you know why did Ian have to move to an a rich white neighborhood why couldn't he move to a poor place uh, oh I didn't see that yeah yeah I'll send that, that one it was it was it was legitimate because the argument was he would have had an easier time in a in a different neighborhood that might have been mm-hmm. true um, but you know I I, I thought uh, as always Ian is one of these guys who is provocative and thoughtful and, uh, you know, evokes a lot of passion from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I also love talking to Monty Anderson. I mean, what a what a great story. And Monty is just such a good guy. Like I just he's one of those guys that when I met him, I thought, I really like you. <laughs> I really like you yeah. as a person. And it's fun to just be able to talk about his story. And and he's one of these guys who like he said in the podcast, came from the wrong side of the tracks. He was from a, not a nice neighborhood and he wanted it to be better and he didn't want people to flee. And he said, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, work to make it better. Um, what was your favorite post from the week? <laughs> why don't I you mean, say, a lot. why don't there's you say yours and, okay. then, and then I'll say mine because uh, my, okay, I'll, 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 I'll say mine. It's going to come across as, the wrong answer, but I, I actually one of your was, posts. yeah, I was actually <laughs> very proud of the kickoff post that I wrote for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say That's that a good way to frame the week. Well, I, I, it, it took me a long time to think that through because part of, part of framing a really complex issue like this is simplifying it down uh, and, and, and putting it into a, a, a story, a framework that people can relate to. And I, I, I had a hard time doing that. It actually was a lot of work. And when it was done, uh, I was really proud of the fact that it, it took off. It got a huge number of hits. It really kind of kicked off the week in a positive way. And, yeah, I, there were other posts that were more entertaining and, and, and I, I enjoyed. I mean, I love Steve Schultes and his stuff always. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was really proud of that one. I, I just felt, I felt good about it, you know? Good. I think my favorite, um, well, one thing that I like about this topic is that it had so many intersections with other topics that we talk about as strong towns. So a big piece of the week was walkability. Um, another piece was the small scale developers and trying to promote that activity and encourage people to be able to do that. And in order to make that accessible, we need to lift these finance rules. Um, another topic that we've touched on a bit over the years is suburban poverty. And I think we might try to dive more deeply into that um, with a full week of content later this year or next year. Um, but I, to that end, I really liked Daniel's post about suburban poverty. Um, Daniel grew up in Florida, so he happened to be back there on a trip home to visit his parents. And he went out to a couple of these just like zombie developments that are half empty or more than half empty um, in suburban Florida and took some pictures and did some research on the situation there. Um, I found that piece really fascinating and compelling. I I have to say, you know, now that you mention it, that was, that was the best one of the week. I mean, I, Daniel is such an interesting guy because he is, you know, his background is is not, I think, what the standard um, the standard notion of what I thought a strong towns reader would have been a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, but I've learned so. that. Uh, well, he's well. First of all, he is, there's no technical part to him at all. I mean, I realize he's in grad school now and doing some stuff, but he's. I, I just I I find him to be one of those guys who is just really insightful and also um, approachable. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, like that article uh, was, was very approachable in a way where I, I think you could have just been walking around or riding around in a car and have him explain 
like, here's what's going on. Here's what I see. Look at this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and you, you know, universally people could relate to it. And that, mm-hmm. that's what I love about Daniel's stuff more than anything else is it's just, it's, it's intelligent and it's approachable. Yeah, I agree. And yet at the same time, he's also dealing with some more high level concepts. Um, uh, totally, totally. Yeah. It's, it's what it, what it, okay. Let me contrast it with what it is not. It, it is not um, like highly technical and over intellectual, mm-hmm. but it is really smart and really insightful. And yeah, I just, that's, that's such a rare combination. And yeah, if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you have not read Daniel's piece on Florida, what, what was the name of that one? You remember? Ah, uh, I'm forgetting now. Suburban something. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll look it up here real quick. It was, it was very, it was yeah. suburban poverty hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone to check that one out. Yeah. Um, so usually at this point in the podcast, we would talk about our upcoming events, but you don't have any events in the near future, do you? Well, I should mention Savannah last week. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause at, at the end of last week, I went to Savannah, Georgia, Kevin Klinkenberg. Uh, yeah. Kevin Klinkenberg, who is a, a guy I met at CNU, uh, really like him a lot, except for the fact that he's a Royals fan, but we can get over that. Uh, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, he's written for us before. He's got his own blog. Really smart guy. He moved to Savannah and uh, has been working there for, a, I want to say, a year and a half now, maybe two years, uh, with this kind of quasi-governmental body. They're, they're, he's not with the city, but he's with like a downtown development group, and they get their funding primarily from the city. So it's a, you know, it's a one of those kind of quasi-government organizations. They wanted to put on a, I think they call it an urbanism series, but basically bring in a series of people to talk about different aspects of Savannah and, and development in Savannah. The first one was myself and Joe Minicosi. And, you know, Joe had been to Savannah before. I had not. Uh, we got there late on Wednesday evening and spent like two hours walking around. It, it was, it is gorgeous. I don't know. Have you ever been to Savannah, Rachel? No, I really want to go though. Oh my gosh. The, the, the tight blocks. I mean, the blocks are really short and you know, the, right. they have all these parks that are just strategically placed within the plan. It's an Oglethorpe city, which makes it famous and geeky amongst planners, but you know, just from being there and walking around, it was just astounding. Like it, a, a, a overflowing with riches, really, in terms of design and layout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, got to experience that. And then we did the talk the next day. And it was one of those things where when you pair Joe and I together, it's so much fun. Uh, they had a they had a kind of lineup as the way the day would go. And when we got there that evening, we talked and said, let's change that around. So Joe and I like changed it up and said, no, here, here's how we're going to do it. And I spoke for a little bit and then Joe did a longer stretch and then I finished. And then we did this kind of long panel. And I tell you, there was a, a lot of energy in the room. And I think the message made a, made a big difference. Good. Was it fun hanging out with Kevin? Kevin is great. 
And yeah. yeah, I mean, he gave us a tour on Wednesday and then we, he had to, he had to take off and we, Joe and I walked around for a little bit longer. Um, but then Kevin was the kind of the MC or the, um, you know, he, he was the central guy for the day. And then, yeah, we got to have dinner that night. And I just, I really, he's another one of those guys that I, I really, really like. Um, he's, you know, anytime you're in a position like that, uh, you're working to bring about change. Um, it's a tough spot because, you know, you've, you've got all kinds of people who want to go in all kinds of different directions. And if you really want to make something happen, you've got to kind of walk that fine line. And it, it takes someone with a personality like his that is both on one hand, kind of, you know, a pusher, like, you know, aggressive, like, hey, I want to, I'm not happy just to stand still. I want to keep things moving. But then also just real personable, you know, like I'm, you know, a a very nice guy who is able to work with people and and bring things together to to move along. So Kevin's just fantastic. I I really, I really like him. And and his brother, Dean, has been on the podcast too. Uh, He's a fantastic guy as well. Except that they like the Kansas City Royals, which I, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about that. I just have to accept it. Everybody has their character flaws, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that um, that event in Savannah was completely open to the public, right? Yeah, it was. And I like uh, that we, we have a balance between those, like, you know, more APA, ULI yeah. planning of conferences, and then we get to have these public events too. Yeah, it was, um, it was really cool. And, you know, they, they, they packed the place we were in. It's really kind of funny because for Minnesota, uh, you know, you don't have buildings that are not insulated where people gather. Mm-hmm. And this was literally like a barn. Um, I mean, that's what it felt like. It was like an old warehouse barn kind of building. But it was done up as an event kind of center. They had a, a bar and a nice entrance foyer and then a big meeting hall. Uh, it was a rather huge place. I imagine they have weddings and stuff there all the time. It was it was really nice, but I was looking at it and there's no insulation. The the door in the back is like a sliding door and it actually you could kind of see there's a little crack you could see out. I'm like how oh. wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh wow, we're in a warm place where it's uh, nice year round. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So no more events for a little while, right? Yeah, I'm actually um, going to be taking a tiny bit of time off. Uh, you know, it's spring break time and my kids get out of school. So, yeah, no no travel here for a while. And I, I think I've got something towards the end of this month. But it's okay. um, it's not a – there will be no, like, public events with it. It's actually Joe and I going uh, to meet with some people and see if we can help them out with a problem. Uh, but okay. Yeah, so no, I think I'm actually, unless Michelle lines up something crazy here in March, I think I'm pretty much out of travel till till April, which would be nice. Yeah, and I'm also going on a little vacation this week. Hopefully I'll get to write about that later. Um, I can't wait to hear about a it. A new city, yeah. Um, so you're going to be taking over the helm for the week. What are you planning to write about this week, Chuck? Uh, you know, anarchy and chaos will reign <laughs> when you're gone. I, I, I want you to panic that I'm going to, you know, <laughs> uh, 
go back on all the all the good work you've done, you know, making the, the content stream work. No, I'm actually uh, I just finished a, a lecture series last week on behavioral economics. Um, hmm. You know, Audible has this great courses series, and I'm just addicted to them. I, I love them. They're so good. It's it's basically like the best lecturer on a topic doing, uh, you know, anywhere from eight to 20 hours worth of lecture on wow. a topic. Yeah. And it's so good. I mean, they're, they're just excellent. And I, I, I just finished one on behavioral economics. And the biggest takeaway for me was the, something I intuitively understood, but hadn't really seen it written this way. It, it talked about how people value experiences versus things. Mm-hmm. We often are kind of wired to think that, you know, especially in the U.S., uh, that accumulating stuff is kind of what motivates people. And actually, it's quite the opposite. It's, it's very much about experiences. And experiences stick with you longer and have a higher value. I think the, the example they used in the lecture was, you know, do you want to go to a concert or, you know, buy like a new outfit or something like that. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, a lot of people would say, well, the, you know, the new outfit, it'll last longer and you'll have it longer and you'll use it more and what have you. But the economist's point of view is that, you know, the, the concert actually will probably bring you more utility. It probably is better because you'll remember it longer. You'll be able to talk to people about it for a, a long time. It will be an experience that will stick with you. And, this kind of, you know, goes through uh, things like vacations and, uh, you know, it's going out to eat, you know, the, all these things that are uh, experiences uh, have, a, have a much higher value for people long term. It, it's, it's interesting because my daughters, uh, I've got two daughters, for some reason, and I really can't explain it, right now they have an obsession with Star Wars, hmm. um, which, you know, I, I tried for years to get them to like Star Wars and like no interest at all. But now I think the kids at school are all talking about Star Wars. And they now there's a compelling in. female character for them to emulate. Well, here's the thing. They've not seen the new one. So they really oh, have no okay. sense. Yeah, they're going to love right. Ray when they finally see the new one. Um mm-hmm. But my kids are not, like, movies, really uh, very hesitant about movies. It's only been the last maybe year that they've gotten into movies. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't watch, we don't have cable, we don't watch TV really ever. And so TV is, when you don't watch TV and you're young and imaginative, TV is, like, a very intense thing. Yeah. So we would watch, like, really basic movies and it would almost be too much for them. Uh, but we've now gotten through five of the six original Star Wars movies, and we're going to watch the sixth one on our vacation. And then we are going to go to, as a family, uh, the new one. Um, so this is all. What, this is. Oh yeah, it's going to be fun. Here's the here's the thing though. My kids uh, years ago when they when the the reboot came out, the, the prequels came out. This is before my kids were born. Um, for some reason, my mom started buying me for like Christmas and my birthday. She would buy me Star Wars action figures, which I'm not really sure why, because I had them when I was a kid, but it's not like I 
like play with action figures as an adult. And yeah. I, I took them and I put them in a, in a storage cabinet and they just were sitting there. I have like 25 of these things. And since my girls have gotten older, they keep, they kept asking, like, can I play with them? Can we, can we take them out and play with them? And they're all like in the, in the cases and stuff. And I was, you know, no, just leave them there. You know, they're kind of like collector's things. Just let dad have like one thing, right? Just leave them alone. Mm -hmm. And I listened to this book on behavioral economics and I realized this is, this is me, you know, (laughs) I'm sure my wife has said, I've, I've told you this for years. I realized that the actual value of those things is not that they have some memory for me or that, you know, maybe someday I can sell them as collector's pieces the value is like watching the kids play with them and have fun with them. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, I finished this book on the way home from Savannah on Friday. This lecture series, and I got home and I thought, "What the heck? Let's let's get them out." So they've been asking for like three years to play with these things. I went down the basement, put them all in a, a bag, brought them upstairs, and said, "Hey, it's Stella's birthday this week." I said, "In in in uh, in advanced celebration of Stella's, Stella's birthday, let's." Uh, Let's get these out and play with them. And I tell you what, they had more fun. We had more fun this weekend playing Star Wars guys uh, than anything else. So now I have this. Yeah, now I have this experience. And uh, it has much more value than any trivial amount of money I would have gotten 50 years from now by selling these things, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you're going to write about that? I think I might write about that for tomorrow. Yeah. Cool. I want to take a minute to mention our newest members. We have several, and you'll notice that a lot of them are from California, I'm guessing, because they might have attended one of our events there. So that's always great to see. Um, There is Carol Alexander from Laredo, Texas, Kenny Bailey from Rochester, New York, Christine Burrill from Dallas, Texas, Brian Downing from Duluth, Minnesota, Jonathan Edwards from Pasadena, California, Dustin Foster from Redlands, California, Karen Johnson from Truckee, California, Ryan Karnoski from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Les Margosian from Salem, Oregon, Cliff Mosier from Berkeley, California, Mina Pennington from Pasadena, California, uh, Manuel Ramirez from Rancho Cordova, California, and Rick Ryback from Washington, D.C. Welcome, everyone, for uh, welcome to our membership. Yes, and I want to say to our listeners, we have a new membership page that you'll probably want to check out. Our old one was kind of outdated and you had to like visit another website to go to it. And yeah, so we have a much better membership page. Um, so you might want to check that out. Strongtowns.org slash membership. Very easy to sign up and support this movement. Well, and since we, this, this, this podcast each week is a little bit of insider information. Um, we did, you know, we had uh, an, an old site that we had set up as our membership site. And, you know, we did that out of expedience. Uh, it was actually a, a really easy site to set up. And it allowed us to do like a whole lot of things that we weren't able to do before. And it was relatively affordable. But mm-hmm. as our membership has grown, it's become a lot harder to, to manage things, we have to do a lot of manual entry and a lot of manual things to, to communicate with people. And also, for some reason, this site decided that they were going to quadruple their price. 
And so we last year uh, started to migrate over to a, a new system. And we were able to do that because uh, our members have given us the revenue that, to be able to do things like that. So thank you so much for giving us the ability to, to, to make those kind of strategic investments. Uh, we're also able to do it because we've got good staff now. Again, thank you to our members. Uh, Jason uh, has been kind of leading that effort. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a kind of difficult uh, anytime you're doing moving databases and syncing things up and trying to make sure you don't lose information. Uh, it's, a, it's like a slow, tedious process. So yeah, it feels good to finally be able to launch that site and be able to announce that and share it with people because the experience people had before was, let's say, less than less than optimum. And I'm I'm glad mm-hmm. so many people went through the process and became members, but it was not, um, you know, it, it was it was less than optimum. And now I'm not saying it's it's going to be perfect, but my gosh, it looks so much better. So. If you're one of those people who went to our site, went to become a member and got to like this other strange site and said, what is this? Uh, give it another try because yeah. now the branding's all the same. The look's all the same. You guys put a frequently asked questions thing in there. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more information about membership. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a major improvement. Definitely. Um, we'll wrap it up for today and next week, since Chuck is on vacation, you can look forward to a guest appearance by Jason Schaefer, our member support specialist filling in for Chuck on this podcast. Really? Uh, did you, yeah. did you run, you run that by him yet? Or are you just, yes. you just saying he's going to do it? He was excited to participate. So. Really? Okay. Well, I may, I may have to tune in from an undisclosed remote <laughs> location. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Okay, thanks everyone for listening and take care. Have a good week. Thank you.